We continue answering the question, what makes a church a church? And in previous weeks, we've talked about having a Christian worldview. We've talked about the most important commandment or rule to follow instruction to love, love God fully, love our neighbors as ourselves. And we've explored those, those types of love in the last couple of weeks, how we go out and treat everyone, every neighbor with love, how we love God more fully, more completely. In some ways, the answer to today's question ties all of these previous sermons together in one practical example. One way that we have a Christian worldview and we love God fully and we love our neighbors, all of them, as ourselves. And that is drawing a, an example of service, faithful service to others around us from this story of Jesus about sheep and goats. Now, I'll be honest, I, I sometimes cringe when there are stories about judgment and punishment in the Bible, partially because I don't think God is very much interested in eternal punishment. I don't fathom that as part of God's essential love, punishment and boundary setting for our benefit, for our improvement, for the salvation of the world, yes. But punishment out of vengeance, punishment just for the sake of punishment, that seems different from the nature of God described throughout much of the Bible. And I'll be honest, I don't think that this story is about judgment but rather coming to see the world around us, and particularly the people in the world around us, more as God sees them, rather than as we kind of naturally or culturally are encouraged to see them, or in some cases to pretend they're invisible and ignore them and not see them at all. I think the most important line in Jesus' story is repeated, just as you have done to the least of these, so you have done to me, says the Lord. Or in the negative, just as you have not done to the least of these, so you have not done to me. If you've heard me talk about this story before, you've probably heard the example, the illustration that I've created that I think encapsulates at least some of the vision of love and acceptance and service that Jesus is trying to share with us as disciples. Imagine what heaven's going to be like, right? Imagine what it will be like when people get along. And imagine what it'll be like when we can sometimes see Jesus face to face. In perfect love, yes, in perfect peace. I imagine that there will be people who wake up in heaven in the morning and say, you know what, I'd like to buy Jesus a cup of coffee today. In fact, my hunch is there are a lot of people that will wake up in heaven every morning and have that instinct, that goal, that, that desire to bring a little joy into Jesus' heavenly life. Now, I don't know if Jesus drinks coffee or not, but I do know this, there is no way that Jesus needs a million cups of coffee on even any given heavenly morning. But imagine if a million people in heaven wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to give Jesus a cup of coffee today. 
Jesus can't drink them all. In fact, those a million people aren't even going to all be able to get to Jesus to offer him a cup of coffee. And if they try, they're going to be throwing elbows around and trying to push their way through and say, I just want to, I've just got a gift for Jesus. I won't take but a minute. But a million people taking just a minute, trying to get ahead of each other to do something nice for Jesus, well, it'll create the opposite of peace, right? But here's the thing. If those same million people in heaven wake up in the morning and say, I'd like to give Jesus a cup of coffee, and they go out and they see there's a long line around the heavenly palace or wherever it is that Jesus lives in heaven, and they think, well, maybe Jesus has the coffee covered, but I still have this cup of coffee that I bought for him. Why don't I give it to somebody else? In heaven, I'm convinced that a million people will wake up in the morning and decide they want to do something for Jesus. And eventually, they're going to take that cup of coffee or whatever else it is, and they're going to share it with a million other people in Jesus' name. I'm convinced that's part of what will make heaven so heavenly, so perfect, so filled with love and peace. Because let's be honest, I mean, as people of faith, I would hope that if Jesus were to show up, we would drop whatever we were doing to try and do Jesus a favor. To try and do right by Jesus. To share a meal with Jesus. To listen to Jesus teaching one-on-one. -on -one. If Jesus said, I want you to go with me and meet these people, we'd drop our other stuff and we'd follow right along and go with Jesus. And in this story, Jesus invites us to do that without him. You have an instinct to go feed somebody who you see is hungry? Go feed them. It'll be like you're feeding me. You see somebody naked who needs better clothes? Clothes at all? Dig in your closet. Get the clothes that you're not wearing. We all have some of those, right? Give them to that naked person. Clothe them. It'll be like you're giving clothing to me so I'm not naked. I know if I were in the hospital, you'd come and visit me. Don't, don't worry about me being in the hospital. There are lots of people in the hospital. Go visit them. It'll be just like I will consider it that you're visiting me, says Jesus. There are people who are in prison, rightly or wrongly. They need to not be alone. I know if I were in prison, uh, you'd visit me. That's a hard one to say because there was a time when Jesus was arrested and his closest followers abandoned him. You'd visit me. Visit them and it'll be like you're visiting me. We all have these instincts to do good for people around us to alleviate the pains that others around us suffer, to try and help others meet the challenges they face. Partially, we, we have that instinct because others have treated us that way too, Re reached out to us when we were in need, sometimes when we didn't even realize we needed something. And they've shared hope and encouragement, a patient ear, a fervent prayer. 
the proverbial cup of coffee. And whether they've prayed about it before they did it, Jesus said they did it in his name. Because if they did it in love, in compassion, in hope for healing, then they were the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what faithful service looks like. Sometimes we are called to meet the needs and the desires and encourage and give hope to those that we know, that we know personally, that we know by name. Some of them were related to by blood. Others were related to by the blood of Christ, right? And if they're suffering, we send them cards. We pick up the phone. We drop off a a meal. We invite them out for a meal when we can do that safely. And Jesus says, yes, that is love. But even more, The love that I want you to share in my name, the love that you give to me, the love that you give to the world that I have created and all of the people that I value within it, is that you don't stop there. You don't just stop with the people you know by name. But when you see others that you don't know by name in need, you reach out a hand, you reach out a gift in faith, in hope, in love. And when you do that, I will consider that you are doing that for me, says God, says Jesus. Whenever you act in that way, I will consider that you're doing it for me. I think that is the punchline of this story. It's to broaden our vision of what it means to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. Partially, it's to expand our vision of what God wants, how God loves, and partially it's to continue expanding our understanding of who our neighbors really are. Everybody. Now, here's the thing. You and I cannot feed everybody in the world. We can't clothe everybody in the world. We cannot visit everybody who's sick or in prison. We cannot encourage everybody who is despairing. We cannot invite in every stranger. But just like that heavenly example of a million people having the instinct to give a cup of coffee to Jesus and giving it to a million other people, and so on one bright, sunny, shining, heavenly morning, a million people are greeted with love and encouragement and an unexpected gracious gift of a hot cup of coffee to start their day without them having to lift a finger. I'm convinced that part of this example is that if we all collectively, as the body of Christ, if we as the church reach out and feed one or two people individually, there are two billion of us at last count, or even more than that, if each of the two billion of us fed one or two other people, That would be six billion people. Everyone on the face of the earth, almost, who would have a meal. If we each would clothe one or two other people, 
with all of the clothes that are in our closets that we never wear, let's be honest, and we're never going to wear, we could clothe the whole world. Not because it is your responsibility or my responsibility in trying to follow Jesus to clothe everybody who's naked in the world. But if following Jesus, if in following Jesus, all of the disciples of Christ, all of the people who call themselves Christians will share and give and visit and love and welcome, we will do so for the entirety of the world. It only takes each of us offering that to a couple of people. Which brings us back to that first example, which is why it's like heaven, because every need will be met, everyone encouraged and accepted, everyone basking fully in the love and promise of Jesus. I'm convinced this story is not about punishment. It's about hope. Essentially, it's about love. And it's Jesus' encouragement that each and every one of us have ways that we can share that love with people we don't know by name. Encouraging us to know that whenever we do it, whenever we love and give, Jesus says, you're loving and giving to me. So that's our invitation. It's always part of the invitation when we follow Jesus to look out with love, to keep expanding our understanding, our fathoming of the love of God and the way that God loves each person in the world and that we are invited to love each of the children of God, beloved ones in the world that's our invitation to pray for them to visit them to encourage them to feed and clothe them to value them some of those things are a bit challenging when we're supposed to be physically distancing but there are still things you can do what will you do this week to faithfully serve in Jesus' name? To feed and give drinks to others? To welcome the stranger? To visit those in prison? To give encouragement and healing to those in the hospital? To let those who feel abandoned that they are not alone? To share, to live out the love of God through Christ Jesus in this world. Find ways that you can say yes to God this week. Giving in love.